Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, you have been raised with Christ. Keep seeking the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you will also be revealed with him in glory. Verse 5, Therefore, treat the parts of your earthly body as dead to sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also rid yourselves of all of them, anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you stripped off the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created it, a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. Verse 12. So, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so you must do also. In addition to all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ, to which you were indeed called in one body, rule in your hearts, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Amen. Lord, we honor your word to us. May your truth become our heart's pursuit and our life's practice. Heavenly Father, as Pastor Randy comes forward in a moment, give him the words to say to speak to our hearts so this scripture right here will sink deep and grow roots. All right, church family, we're going to go ahead and dismiss our kids and our teens right now. Teens, you're in the back with me. Kids, you will just go to your respective classes.
right, well, thank you for joining and being here for the second installment of Headspace, Volume 1. We will probably come back and visit a little bit about Headspace, but we are coming up on some of the holidays, and so I do want to tackle this subject, and next week is definitely going to be one that you will not want to miss, especially if you've got kids or young people in your family. It will be something that we will definitely uh, hand you some things that will be very, very helpful and uh, hopefully be a very motivating thing for you personally. So let's just kind of go where we are today. It's headspace. It's attention with intention because the truth of the matter is, is that for most of us, we've been thinking and talking about how our headspace is doing over the course of this pandemic in so many ways with so many different people. And to be very honest, this has been a difficult thing for a lot of folks to kind of encounter. So let's go to this next slide because this is all about the anxiety at work. And these two people, Adrian Gostick and Chester Elton, who both were uh, kind of involved in writing this book, appeared on a podcast entitled Anxiety at Work, uh, and that was from May 31st of this year. And it was really, really enlightening. And it's a very funny thing because the truth is, is that the, the, the guy who is the podcast host, and it is his podcast, his name is Todd Henry, and uh, basically he said, you know, um, just back in the day, we always used to hear divide and conquer, and the truth is, is that that's happening in our world. And he said, that's just the military terminology that you know, we used to have as a part of our vernacular and these days we're not really grasping it, but it's happening because we're all divided and keeping ourselves separated and we're being conquered in our heads. And he said, the the guy who was responding to him went on and he said, as a matter of fact, I recently spoke to a military commander. She was a female in the paratrooper uh, group uh, in her uh, line of the United States Armed Services. And he said, she told me three things that I thought would be incredible incredible, you know, for all of us just to kind of grasp. And that is stay together, keep moving and find high ground. And that's what, what happens whenever you're a paratrooper and you go into enemy territory and you find yourself looking around going, I don't know where I'm going and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I'm not sure that I'm okay. That, that paratrooper said, these are the things that we are told and drilled into our heads over and over and over. And that is stay together, keep moving and find high ground. Now, Stop for just a second, and I think this is an incredible uh, bit of advice for all of us to stay together, keep moving, and find high ground. But I got to tell you, as I looked at that, I didn't think that was actually what was happening for most of us in our world. I don't think that we've really truly stayed together. In many ways, we've kind of drifted apart, and we're not exactly keeping moving because many of us feel stuck. And then beyond that, we're not exactly finding higher ground either because the truth is, is that it's very, very easy. And on the basis level, it's easy for me to care about me, but it is the higher pursuits that help me to care about those things that don't necessarily benefit me in the immediate, but really make me feel purposeful and make me feel like this is what I was born for. And so the truth is, is that this is great advice for your headspace, but it's probably not what has been happening. And this is part of why there's so much anxiety, so much difficulty, and so much problem. Let's keep going to this next slide. And I just share with you, as we talked about last week about dealing with mental health, there is one in five that is dealing with an anxiety disorder, according to this uh, podcast that I listened to. And one in three are showing signs of that, even if it has not been diagnosed. 
And 42% of people in their 20s are dealing with an anxiety disorder. This is really important because the truth of the matter is, is that for a lot of us, even if we have kids that are maybe getting out on their own, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're in a good place or that all of their friends are in a good place. Because the truth is, is that this particular pandemic that has hit all of us is affecting each one of us differently. And if you're in your 20s, it's been especially difficult because you don't have necessarily the same frame of reference as somebody like an old and grizzled dude like myself. I mean, I've been around a little while longer and I'm not as shaken because I've been, you know, a few more years, seen a few more things. And so this is not something to just brush off and go, well, you know, headspace, what is that all about? I'm telling you, this is something that hits us exactly where we live. And the truth is, is that if you look inside, you probably feel the same. And it's very, very um, difficult because the truth of the matter is, is that when we find ourselves in a headspace that we're not necessarily 100% comfortable with, it might not be something that we see immediately. And we have fewer and fewer and fewer clues and cues from our world to get us back to where we normally should be and want to be. So let's go to this next slide very quickly. And we talked a little bit about dealing with that mental health. And that's the state of America. You can look up the uh, statistics. But they, they said there was roughly 47.1 million people in the U.S. are having a mental health condition issue. It's a 1.5 million percent or 1.5 million number increase over last year's report. Not million percent. I don't want to give you the wrong information. But it is a real and serious issue. Let's go to this next slide as you look. When you deal with cardiac health, that's, hey, you know, I've got a problem with my heart, then these are the things that you can do to kind of address those things. It's the very most invasive is when you open heart surgery where they literally crack open your rib cage, spread that apart, and do work on the heart itself. That is incredibly invasive. And so if the doctor tells me, Randy, you look like you're having some problems with your heart, I'm going to start addressing the things on the lower end of that scale. I'm going to start walking. I'm going to start dealing with some sort of stress relief habit rather than simply saying, well, great, if I've got a heart problem, let's do open heart surgery. That's not all what we're going to do. We're going to say, okay, so what can I do? A few less invasive things that get me started down a path where maybe I don't have to go all the way to that level of the difficulty. And so let's go to this next slide as you look here. And dealing with mental health is a lot the same way. It's not the exact same. And I want to be very, very clear as I was last week. I do not believe that mental health is just something that you just got to get over. If you have enough faith and pray hard enough, then everything's going to be fine. I don't feel that way. I don't think that that is accurate. And I don't think that that's even how Jesus dealt with people in the scriptures. But I do want to share with you that in the same way that there are things that you can do and things that you can change in your diet, in a heart situation, you can do the same thing in a mental health situation. What are you doing that consistently gives you pride, purpose, and joy? And if you haven't done anything that gives you any of these peace, uh, peaceful feelings, it's going to be very hard to find peace. 
Or what are you ingesting daily? Are you constantly receiving negative feedback rather than the positive? So you deal with these mental health issues. You can do some things before it gets to a crisis. Or if you are in a crisis, you can begin to do some things that might help alleviate some of that. Let's go to this next slide very quickly. And then back to this uh, podcast that I was listening to. And I want you to hear what those uh, writers said. They said, every single psychologist has told us it is possible. You can build strength. In other words, you might say to yourself, well, Randy, you just don't know. I've got some crazy things going on in my head. I've got some crazy things in my background. I get that, and I'm not belittling or downplaying that at all. But here's what I am telling you. There, you know, these authors have spoken to psychologist after psychologist after psychologist in dealing with these things. And all of them told them you can change the way that you live your life and have a positive effect. It might not cure everything. It might not fix everything. There might be deeper things that you need to do. But you can actually build strength in your mental headspace if you begin to do those right things and begin to kind of make those a consistent practice. So I hope you will decide, you know, if my headspace is kind of a little foggy right now, I'm going to do my very best to pursue those things that can make me stronger. Let's go to this next slide very quickly. And I shared this book with you. It's called Hyperfocus. And uh, there's a lot of interesting things. And I shared this with you last week. Now, do you guys remember, some of y'all remember this from last week, that there are 11 million bits of information coming to us at any one given moment. And that means basically I can focus on this, you know, uh, this communion table and then the grain in this one piece of the communion table, not that grain, but that grain or that grain, but that one particular grain or whatever it is in the wood on that communion table. It's all just all these infinite number of bits, about 11 million that come at us in any one second. It's going crazy. But how many bits of this information can a person process and focus at any one time? I shared this with you last week. You and I are human beings. We can't process on the speed of a computer. We don't get 4,000. We don't get 400. We can only compute about 40 bits of information, even though we are constantly being bombarded with these things coming at us. And the more modern our world becomes the more that things change and continue to come at us. Now, let me ask you guys a question. Have y'all really stopped to think about billboards recently? Have y'all stopped to think about billboards? I don't know if you've ever stopped to think about them, but it used to be that you had one billboard in, in, your, in your small town where you grew up that literally didn't change for like two years. You know, it, it only changed because it got too faded to leave up. Can I get an amen? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? So have you noticed that these days, they are electronic billboards and it is a slideshow. And so even the billboard that you watched yesterday, or if you're sitting in traffic on 59 heading into downtown Houston, the billboard that you see up there is not one picture, not one message, but it's a message that changes. And then 20 seconds later, 10 seconds later, it changes again. It changes again. This is just a perfect example of how our world is feeding us more and more and more information, and we don't change. The truth is, is that 
human beings continue to process at the same exact rate that we've always had, but our world is bombarding us with more than anything else that we can deal with, and we're having that struggle of understanding. Now, I want to share something with you very quickly. Let's go to this next slide, and let's talk about this. William James is saying, without selective intent, experience is utter chaos. And if you have a headspace that feels like utter chaos, it is because you and I have not made enough margin and room to be able to turn away and tune out those things that we don't actually need. They just keep bombarding us and we keep getting buffeted back and forth. In other words, we have attention that has no intention of tuning anything out. We're just getting pushed around. So let's go to this next slide very quickly. And as we do, I want to share this with you. And this is important. If you're here, you can see the pro, uh, this, this middle slide here and this middle screen. The boundaries of your attention are basically constrained in two ways. First, there's a finite limit of how much stuff you can focus on. We just talked about it. It's about 40 bits. But then you go through and you say, now... I got 40 bits of information, but guess how many you can only kind of turn into a memory or really truly make a part of you? Only about four. So do you guys understand? It's millions coming at you. You can get 40 of them to pay attention to. But then once you say you've received 40 of those, you will probably only remember or be a part of your memories about four bits of the information. Now, very quickly... Listen to what I'm saying here. This is really something you already know because it's practiced in our world. Now let's go to this next slide. Technology speeds up time by tempting us in each moment to fill our attention to the brim. This leads us to remember less because it is only when we pay attention to something that our brain actively encodes it into memory. Now, listen, I'm going to sound like a really old guy when I say this, but I want you to hear and understand. How many of you in here, let's just be, let's just kind of strip away all the other stuff and let's be real honest. How many of you have realized that your life feels more shallow than it used to? Have you realized that? Have you realized that stuff that used to hit you hard hits you, but it doesn't impact in the same way? Have you all experienced that? You know why? This is it. This is why. And, and, and how tragic and how sad is it for us as human beings to go through a life and realize, you know what? God enabled me, provided for me, and gave me a life to be experienced at 10, at the level 10 and I went through my life choosing to make my life so busy that I got about 6.5 of it. And that's all that I got. Now, I don't know about you, but when I have things happen in my life, I want to feel them. I want them to impact me. I don't want someone to cry and it not touch my heart. But the problem for us is, is that we live in a world that we are constantly being bombarded with images, stories, 
details, things that are meant to elicit a response. Because did you know the best way to monetize anything is to make you feel something emotionally? So every time that you turn on your computer, every time you pull up your phone, every time you watch the television, it's designed to make you feel something. Because if you feel something, you are more likely to engage and eventually spend. Now, I know that sounds really cynical of me, but I mean, come on, let's be honest. If you want to know what's going on in our world, remember the golden rule. It's all about the gold, right? I mean, that's the golden rule that everyone and everything in our world is often about being monetized. So it's scary stuff if you're not aware. And so if you have had this experience where you say, you know what? I just don't feel like I used to feel. I just don't think I'm going through my life in a way where I'm actually being impacted and hurt by the things that ought to hurt. And actually, we're even missing out on joy. <laughs> How tragic is it that we literally can spend thousands and thousands and maybe even tens of thousands of dollars on a vacation and come away and if we're just dead level gut check honest with ourselves it was good but it wasn't great you know what i'm saying y'all know what i mean right now listen hey i know that y'all could check out but don't check out on me now come on am i am i right i'm right i'm right So is this the thing that we want to do in our lives? No. So what do we have to do? We have to create margin. And can I just say something even deeper? Next week, we're going to talk even more about how these things that are disrupting our headspace as we're a little older are absolutely shaking and shattering our kids because they have very, very little perspective that helps them to be anchored like we are. It's hard enough for us who are in our 30s, 40s, and 50s. The young people who are in their teens and 20s, they're having a harder time because they don't have as much perspective. It's not their fault. They just hadn't lived as long as we have to see as much as we have. But they also grew up with a few things that have changed their perspective. And if you've got kids, if you've got grandkids, or if you yourself are struggling with this, be here next week I'm going to go into some really, really practical things. I'm going to be talking a lot about some things that could be very, very helpful and might even change the experiences of those people that are really important to you in their whole life. So here's what's going on. Because we are filled to the brim on attention all the time, it's hard for us to wipe that away, make space, grab a hold of a memory that's worth saving, and make it a part of our actual being. It's just something that hits but doesn't stick. It impacts and then it quits. The thing that should affect us and change everything changes for a while and then goes away. There's spiritual, financial, relational, (laughs) emotional parts to all of this, all of it. And so we've got to be very careful that we clue in and grasp what's going on. Let me just share this with you very quickly. Let's go to this next slide. Remember this number. If you would just remember this number, okay? There's, there's two of them. There's two numbers. All right. Take a look at it. Look close. Look close. All right. Now, <clears throat> now here's what I'm going to do. Watch this. 
Y'all are going to be impressed. All right, you ready? The top one is 405-794-3266. Yes? Are you impressed? No, you're not. You're not impressed. Okay, the bottom one is 832-606-4673. Are you impressed? No, you're not impressed because that's my number. Of course, I know my own number. The top one is my wife's phone number from when we were dating. Now, I don't know if you pick up a landline, a slimline telephone where it's in that, you know, tortoise shell shape, you know, and you, if, if like this is the person that you come to, go to this next slide. Maybe, maybe this is what you actually meet right here. I mean, I don't know if that person will literally pick up the phone. Um, sh- yeah. If you're at home, you don't get to see this, but uh, that's my wife and I back when we started dating, when she had a landline, I had a landline. I'm not saying these things in front of the kids because literally they'd be like, landline, what is that? You mean you literally had a cord from your phone to, you know, right? And so you look at this slide here. Those are the numbers, but look how we piece them together. I'm, I'm, look how we piece them together. 405, that's the area code around Oklahoma City where we grew up together, Right? 794, that's actually a chunk of information for me because I know that if you lived in Moore, Oklahoma, like she did, you were likely to have a 794 or a 799 number, and hers was 794. So it's a chunk that I already know, another chunk that I already know, and by the way, um, you do the same thing, and uh, you can see my, the chunk of my number there. How many of you are 832 people in here? How many of y'all are 713 people? Let me see your hands. How many of y'all are 281 people? We're not even going to talk about you three, four, six latecomers, right? You, right? So now we've got 10-digit dialing. But it's not 10 digits that you got to remember because you already know there's four. It's, it's either, well, I guess there's 409 if you're way, way down near the coast, right? But basically, you know these chunks of numbers. And so you remember these three plus these four. And I wrote the line down. It's 832-606-4673. If you're not very good at remembering numbers, you still can remember it easier because I intentionally put the word hope in there whenever I got that number. And so you literally already have that one chunk. He's an 832 guy. You got 606. I remember that. And then the next word is hope and you're done. You know my number, right? Why? Because this is how our brains work. This is what is getting coded into our world, and this is what's becoming a part of us. Now, let's, let's do a little true confession good for the soul. How many of you all are horrible parents and don't have your children's phone numbers memorized anymore? Can I get an amen? I mean, come on, let's be honest, right? I have three daughters. If you gave me their numbers and said, who are these people? I'd be like, ah, I don't know. I have no idea. Why? Because back in the day, I had to remember Shelly's number. When she winked at me and said, why don't you give me a call sometime? And I said, I'd love to. Give me your number. And I remembered it. I mean, I remembered that number. That's not exactly how, that's how I remember it in my head. Isn't that how it happened? Not really. Not really. But you see what I'm saying? It's chunks of information and pieces. But once it gets out and, and, and even look at those numbers, they freak you out. Even when you know what you're looking at, you almost have to do it in chunks and dashes and pieces, Right? So this is what's happening in our world. We're getting all this stuff thrown at us and we're remembering pit, you know, bits and pieces and chunks and a lot of the important stuff is getting forgotten. 
That's why it feels like we're barely engaging in life anymore. It's a scary place to be. All right, so let's keep moving here and let's go to this next slide. Don't miss this. The more constant distraction that we willingly put or allow in our lives, the louder the wrong voices become for us and our kids and our grandkids, and the harder it becomes to hear the only voice that we need to hear. I meant in specific the Lord's voice, but can I just say this? The more that you have children who have this constant bombardment, the less your voice resonates with them. The less input you have into your kids' lives when you want to have that kind of input. And so you don't just benefit yourself by making headspace and getting margin. You do the same for your kids. And I'm just going to be honest with you. At first, when you start telling them, hey, listen, we need to make some margin in your life, they're going to be like, what are you talking about? And they'll say, dad, mom, I don't really need that. I'm good. Because they don't know any different. But if you do not require them to have margin in their life, you will never reach them and impact them in the same way that you want to do. So it's really important. We're going to talk more about this next week. Be here. Be a part of it. I'll even have some things to hand out to you to take home with you that can change your life and change your kids' lives. And it's actually doable stuff. It's not like, you know, make them a monk and send them out to the backside of, you know, Texas somewhere in the hill country where the nearest room, you know, that they can find is 600 miles away. It's not like that at all, okay? So let's go to this next slide very quickly and let's learn something. Let's learn this about this passage of scripture. Biblical Greek has six tenses. What that means is there's past, present, and future tense. The biblical Greek has more than just these three. It actually has six. And in this six tenses, this one that we read, and in other places in the New Testament, is really important. It's called the present imperative active tense. Now, there's not a... Greek test at the end, okay? And I don't talk about Greek words that often for a reason and on purpose. I don't want you to doubt that God's word is easy enough for you to understand and grasp. I'm not trying to impress you. I've taken four semesters of Greek. I don't remember a single bit of it. Can I get an amen if you took a foreign language in, in school somewhere? I don't remember hardly any of it, but I do remember this. I do remember this. This is important. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 2, it could easily say, if you'll go back if you don't mind. I'm, I'm sorry, it's a little confusing on the labels. It could easily say or be interpreted, set and keep on setting your mind on things above. In other words, that present imperative active tense, it, it implies continued and sustained action. So when it says to set your minds on things above, you basically could interpret it even more accurately, set and keep on setting your mind on things above. How many of you remember the passage of scripture in 1 John chapter 1 where it says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with God's son and his son cleanses us from all sins. You remember that passage of scripture from 1 John? You know what that is? Present imperative active tense. If we walk and keep on walking in the light, his blood continues to cleanse and keeps on cleansing us from all our sins. Do you see? It's an important thing to grasp. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to know Greek to grasp it all. It's not that at all. But this is important. 
And why is this important? Let's go to this next slide and we'll reread that. And I want you and I to think about what is God's word telling us. Since you've been raised with Christ, set and keep on setting your heart on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set and keep on setting your minds on things above and not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ. In other words, what is it saying? It's saying do it and keep on doing it. For most of us, the problem is not the doing it in that one moment. The problem for us in our headspace is that we did it and now we're not continuing to keep on doing it. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? And the problem for us is when we're talking about our faith, our faith is an active thing. Our faith is not a one-time way in the back, you know, that I can barely remember thing. It is a set and keep on setting your mind on things above. Set and keep on setting your mind, not on earthly things, but on heavenly things. And you and I both know this, and isn't it powerful to really consider what God's word and how truthful it is when it says that, You've already experienced that, haven't you? When you're really walking with the Lord and he feels close and he feels tight and you know that you have been set and keep on setting again today and again tomorrow and then last week you were setting your mind on things above. When you feel that, you're walking in a different level of confidence and power and victory and peace. Can I get an amen? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You've been there. Amen? So there you are. This is the power and the truth of God's word. You've experienced it. You don't even have to have me convince you because you've already had it happen in your own life. Set and keep on setting. Let's keep moving here as we go on. And that, this is where we see the big idea. To find peace in your world, you must consistently, intentionally set your mindset. In order to find peace in your world, you and I must consistently, intentionally set our mindset on the things that we want it to be about. Now, let's go back for just a minute of what we've already learned. 11 bits, 11 million bits of information are coming your way every single second. Some you're just weeding through, never touches you, but some of this stuff can't help but stick. And if you let it stick, you can begin to feel weighted down with stuff that you don't care about and wish that you didn't even know. And yet it still finds you and it finds root and it finds place. And suddenly it becomes a part of your headspace, even if you don't want it. How many of y'all have ever experienced that, right? You've seen that. You've had that happen. So to find peace, we must consistently, intentionally set our mindset. Would you guys say this with me very quickly and then we'll keep moving. To find peace in your world, you must consistently, intentionally set your mindset. This is the big idea for today. Let's keep moving. Here is an outline of 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 1 through 17. And this is just my outline. It's not, not going to win you anything. Four bucks plus this outline will get you a coffee at Starbucks as long as it's not a venti, right? So there you go. Here's what it's saying in this passage of scripture that Eric read, and we're going to reread in just a moment. First of all, you set your mind on things above. That's from verses one through four. And then you set your mind on things above by ending the things that you shouldn't be doing in your life. And that's from five through 11. 
And then you begin to choose to live in these ways instead. And that's in verse 12 through 17. So this is what we see in this passage of scripture. And very quickly, if you didn't know this, the truth is, is that this is kind of a perfect example of the things that we find in um, our modern management world. If you ever want to have a meeting with somebody, you can do it in this way. You can say, we're going to do the stoplight meeting. Here's what we do. You can go to this next slide. You can see it. The red light for you is you need to stop doing this right now. <laughs> and then the green light is you definitely need to continue to keep doing this. And then the yellow light is if you're going to do this, proceed with caution. And so literally you can have a meeting with somebody and make it productive no matter who you are and what topic it is by doing a traffic light or a stoplight meeting. Stop, be cautious, and keep going on these things. Very quickly, let's talk about what we're seeing. Tech and the kids' health, and this is what I'm going to be tackling next week, is technology affecting your child's mental health? The answer to that is yes. I'll tell you next week more about how you can win against that stuff. How do you make these things, the big idea today, work? How do you make it work? First of all, you re resist the initial distraction impulse. That's hard to say. It, it was easier when I typed it out, but here's what it's saying. Resist the initial distraction impulse. In other words, how many of you in here know that if you eat sugar, your body will crave more sugar than it would have before? Look, I'm, I'm a home, I'm for the home team. Imperial sugar right around the corner. I'm not mad at them. They make some of the best things I know, but if I keep eating sugar, tomorrow I will crave more sugar than I craved even today. That's why you have a hard time saying no to the dessert cart, just like I do, because we get in this process. Here's what we see in this next slide. What is your brain dealing with? Instagram, Audible, the one that I always promote. Audible can distract you. It's YouTube. How many of you have ever gone down a YouTube wormhole and you're like, where did that 45 minutes go? I learned nothing I really cared about, but 45 minutes has gone by, right? Don't elbow nobody. I saw what was going on. Y'all give, give him a break. Or Candy Crush, you know, playing a, a phone game. Netflix, Instagram, all of these different things. And I could have made three more slides with a different company on all five of these spots. And it's all coming at you and me all the time right? So attention with intention. What are we talking about? We've got to resist that initial urge. Did you know that every time you pick up your phone and you hear little sounds and beeps and blips and all those little things happen, do you know what happens in your mind? You get a hit of dopamine. Do y'all know what dopamine is? Dopamine is the it's the hormone. Some of, you, some of you in the medical field know exactly what it is. It's the same thing when you gamble. It's the same thing when you take drugs. It's the same thing that makes your body feel good when you eat sugar. Oh, it feels so good. And then later you crash. Telephones give you the same hit of dopamine in your mind as these things give you. Well, so it's really hard to say it's right there, but I just can't pick it up. Because if I pick it up, I'm going to miss this world and this life that God has given me. And I'm way too much on this way too much on my TV, way too much on my computer, and I'm missing the really important stuff. Let's keep moving very quickly. Uh, you create more headspace with intention. That means using airplane mode 
timers and a no phone zone. My kitchen table is a no phone zone. Even though we don't have children that eat at that kitchen table anymore, it's still a no phone zone for Shelly and I because she's just as important as she ever was. It's not just for my kids, it's for her, it's for me, it's for us. It is important. Please keep going. Very quickly, <laughs> do any of y'all have a real problem with notification badges? Do y'all get, y'all get all up in your feelings about the red badges? Some of y'all, I could care absolutely less. I have my kids and they look at me and they go, Dad, is that number on your phone accurate on your notification badge? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm like, no, I don't care. I do not care. Notification badges don't bother me at all. But if they bother you, you might be shocked at how much easier it would be to pay attention if you don't have it show up on every single one of your apps. Just saying. Creating headspace, giving giving yourself a little bit of margin. You can do that. And look, look, the Tumblr and the Instagram and the Twitter don't have a little red badge. The others do. Just choose the important ones and then the others, don't worry about them. They'll be there when you get there. You can just give yourself more headspace. Let's go on very quick. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. Y'all ever had that experience where your phone buzzes and you're like, I, I, I got to know what's going on. I got, somebody just texted me or called me. Hold on, I got I to gotta stop what I'm doing. You've ever been in a, in a meeting where that happened? And you're like, okay, <clears throat> Just gonna ignore that. Just gonna keep going. I'm gonna turn it upside down. And where is your mind? <laughs> Every time, right? This is how we create more headspace. Just make it a little easier for ourselves. Let's keep moving here very quickly. Let's go to let's go to part number C on how we make it work very quickly. And we talk about how we renew ourselves by the transforming power of God as we renew our mind. Let's go to that next slide, if you don't mind. And as we do, we see that we prioritize and build a network. It builds resistance if we put work into it. I want to just mention this very quickly. Check this out. This is a friend of mine, a friend of yours. This is a guy who goes to the church here is Walter. His name is Walter Moore. And uh, he showed me something on his phone. So it's not like these are all bad by any stretch of the imagination. He showed me this and he said, I don't know if I told you this or not, but a few months back, I decided that I was just going to ask the people in my work group if they minded if I read a devotional every day. And he said, so I read one. And then I read the prayer that came with that devotional. And he said, now, every time we get together, every day at work, We spend about three minutes in prayer, reading God's word, and then saying the prayer that they have written and sent to my phone. He said, sometimes it's me that reads it, sometimes it's somebody else. But I read it every single day that we get together. He said, I just felt like that was what the Lord was leading me to do, and everybody was good with it. And so there we are. That's, you can't see real easily, but can you see the fingers kind of as he's holding it? That's Walter's phone. So I said, let me take a picture of that so I can share this. I share this with you because these are tools. These are tools. They can be used for a blessing or a curse. These are tools and we are the masters. Never forget this is your tool, not the master. You are not the tool. (laughs) Okay? 
So let's remember that we can choose to create headspace for ourselves. Let's go to this next slide, and we're just about done. How do we make it work? We replace earthly wisdom with God's prescription of doing and becoming. In other words, the more that we do, the more we go down that path towards becoming what God would have us to do. And the truth be told, the problem for most of us when we look within is it's hard for us to be proud of something that we know is not worthwhile. But when we can find real peace, real purpose, real meaning, and make real impacts in our life, it is what we have been created and designed for. If we can find those opportunities and put them into our lives consistently, the headspace becomes a whole lot more clear and things begin to take root in our heart and the meaningful life that we're seeking is found in the process. Let's go to this last slide very quickly. Colossians chapter 8. Let's, let's skip one more time, if you don't mind, and one more. Right here. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs. And whatever you do, whether it's in word or in deed, do it all to the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In other words, this is our highest level. This is where we find ourselves finding peace and finding victory by giving that kind of uh, of effort in all that we do, not for someone else, but for the Lord. This is where we find why we were created. And this is amazing in what it does for our headspace. Let's go to this last slide very quickly. How do we apply? What are the red, yellow, and green lights and those items that help you intentionally invite God into your daily life or into your family life? Maybe it's something that you need to stop doing right away. Maybe it's something that you know that you probably haven't exercised enough caution on. Or maybe it's something that you know, you know what, we've done that here or there, but I need to really hammer it down and we need to make that a part of our every single day life. Whatever it is, the red that stops, the yellow that's caution, or the green that means go, whatever it is on these or other suggestions, Find that and give that over to the Lord and say, this is where I'm going with my life. Very quickly as we end, I'm going to just share a video that I think will be an encouragement and then we'll close in a song as we end.